0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are, still in Louisville, Kentucky, ATA show, day two. We've made it through lunch. I think everybody seems to still be surviving here. And this afternoon, I'm excited to bring to you two of my favorite media members in the outdoor industry with Bowhunter Magazine, Bowhunter TV. I have Mr. Kurt Wells and I have Mr. Danny Ferris with me. How are you today, gentlemen?
1: Good, good. Doing good, Tom. You're,
0: su- you're surviving up to this point. I know yep. the show, the first day usually kind of gets everybody because yeah. you, you get in and you keep going meeting, 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 and then the I- next day you kind of like are a little tired and it's a little difficult to maybe –
2: I'd be. Wa- I'd rather be walking around in the mountains than standing on
1: this. concrete. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and we've been talking a long time at this point. I know. I know. You know what you I mean? You start running
0: out of words after a while, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: but uh, you know what? Your voice is hanging in there pretty good. I don't know if anyone has ever told you this, but you kind of have a voice for radio.
0: <laughs> I've got a
2: face for Possibly radio, Possibly a too. face for yeah. radio, too.
0: <laughs> I actually hear that more often.
1: <laughs> yeah, those in, those in glass houses should not cast stones. right. <laughs> what my mom always used to tell me.
0: Well, what we've been doing with everybody as we get the podcast started, as we go back into the fall season of 2018, you tell me what your favorite hunts were for the 2018 season. We will not discuss anything that happened during my 2018 season. <laughs> we, I, I was there. <laughs> yeah. I right, was there. We, we might rehash that later after you okay. talk about the high points <laughs> of what you and Kurt were able to do this year. Well, uh, I'm going to let age before beauty go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I had kind of an up-and-down season, but I had a caribou hunt in Newfoundland, which is always an adventure going up there hunting with the Newfies. But uh, yeah. uh, I had probably more usable footage for television on that six-day hunt than I have on any hunt in the last 15 years. Lots of action, big caribou bulls, and, uh, and uh, finally took a bull on the last day. It was a bull that I had passed on the second day. So uh, he was redemption. kind of my injury shot at redemption yeah. there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a great hunt. Lots of
0: fun. That usually starts to stress me out if I've, like, let one go on maybe the second day that I know I would shoot on the last day. That's when the anxiety starts to build. I'm like, yep, I blew it. Yeah. And that's, like, with two days left in the hunt.
2: <laughs> and then the problem is when you get home, if you pass one, your boss sees that you passed one that you probably should have shot. And right. Yeah. Now you have no episode. Right. That uh,
0: compounds the injury.
2: I dodged that bullet. So. Uh, uh,
0: uh, most of the years you at least tried to squeeze in a turkey hunt in the spring. Were you able to go out and try to do one of those this yeah, year? Yeah, we or? did
2: uh, hunt Kansas this year, but we hit three days of just super high winds, and that just killed us. And, right. Right. Uh, 16 uh, year old grandson Carson he killed a bird okay but that was about it it was pretty tough and then I went on a uh, black bear hunt in saskatchewan yep and uh, killed my first color phase there I've shot lots of black bears but that, uh, I was nice. kind of looking for a color phase and I found that and uh, one of the interesting things on that hunt was uh, I was I always like to take and put up a trail camera browning trail camera set on video right to try to get other angles of the shot and that kind of thing and I set a camera up on a small tree, and as high as I could reach, which was about seven feet, and every bear that walked in there went straight to that trail camera first before Mm -hmm. anything else, because I didn't use any scent control, and I didn't have a steel box, or security box, but every single bear noticed that camera right away and went right to it, but then they just go back. They couldn't climb the tree, because I put it in one that was five inches in diameter, and they couldn't climb it, so... I thought it was kind of interesting that they could detect that, and, and the wind was right. So it wasn't that they smelled it. It's yeah. just that they saw something was different. Right. And uh, really interesting. But then they went back and made stars of themselves. <laughs> I was going to so. say,
0: I think sometimes when those bears come into those, uh, like the the bait piles are just in areas where they feed a lot. I think if you hang something, it's like hanging a new picture in your living room. Right. If somebody shows up at your house and hangs a picture on the living room, you're going to notice it when you first come home. You're going to be like, what is that? Yeah, so I think that it. that's a, it a lot of times because those bear, I mean, they're so observant. They're they're really familiar with what's in their immediate surroundings. Yeah. So I think that has yeah, a lot to do it with it sometimes.
2: Yeah, that was interesting. And then we went on an elk hunt. Me and Danny went on a DIY elk hunt in Colorado. I'll let <laughs> you tell him. I'll let him tell that story.
1: There wasn't much tell.
0: I was going to say. <laughs> I think I saw Danny with his tail tucked between his legs like the week after. I think you might have. You might have stopped to see Lane before you came to see me. After I did. I hunt. went to a
1: ball game and then uh, and then I I came up and met up with you. Um, had a whole lot more action once I got there.
0: <laughs> Wait Speaking of Lane, that's how I should have introduced you. What's I should that? have said, ladies and gentlemen, I have Lane Ferris's father on set <laughs> yeah, here today. The right. leading accurate. tackler for Western Colorado. Yeah, Was, yeah, is it Western yeah, Colorado? Am I yeah, saying that right yeah, this year? Yeah. Did he lead the conference in tackles? No, here? he
1: was number two in solo co- in solo tackles in the conference. Can you, ta-
0: Can you still take him? Can Pop still take him?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I got that. Oh, yeah. I'll I take
2: got, some money on that. I got that
1: dad mean. You oh, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You,
0: you, you play by old man rules. Yeah, old man rules, I'll cheat, you know.
1: No, truth be told, uh, no, I don't. Even in my prime, <laughs> I don't think I want to be match up head to head with him, you know. He does a whole lot of things better than I did, and he's smarter. On top of it, so uh, yeah,
0: we don't have to get very far to make it. To yeah, bad. no, no, no. That's not saying much. <laughs> so you had. Uh, we'll come back to elk season. Okay. Anything else outside of that? You had. A, you had to a kill a really nice animal. was it a mule deer? Maybe two weeks after you saw me. No,
1: no. I uh, there was a whitetail.
0: That's that's uh, what I was, I was thinking about. In the white Kansas. Tail. That's what um, I was thinking about the whitetail.
1: And I had actually drawn a mule deer stamp there in Kansas, which okay. is pretty coveted. Yeah. And uh, one of our contributors, a guy named Matt Palmquist, um, who has killed a couple of really stomper muleys in western Kansas, you know,
0: right.
1: he was helping me out. And uh, when you've got a resource like that, man, you know, even though I like going to Kansas for my whitetails, right. you've got a resource like Matt. Uh, for man draw that mule deer stamp, you give it some time. Right. So we went out there with the whole intention that we were we we're going to cover a bunch of walk-in areas and and some of Matt's areas and really you know try to find turn up a, a really big mule deer. Right. So anyway, we uh, we spent about a week looking. Um, didn't really come across any that uh, we wanted to go ahead and put our tag on at that point. And uh, um, after I had been there for least a week i came back for a ball game again right and then went back again um and uh we finally found a big muley i think 180 185 inch muley and uh him and another good buck chased a doe through the crp field me and my cameraman went all the way around and kind of got a reverse angle from the highway looking through the spotting scope um watching these two muleys chase this doe down into a a big, weedy bottom that we'd been hunting uh, earlier that day. It was walking. Right. And up comes, up stands a buck out of, this, uh, out of this weed patch when these other ones were chasing this doe down in there. And the first thing I said, I looked over at my cameraman and said, oh, man, there's another good muley. I put the glass on him. It was a, a whitetail. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when you see a whitetail that you mistake right. for, a, uh, for a good, framey muley, it was like all of a sudden, my I, I switched right into whitetail mode, man.
0: <laughs> right. And um, so that was that the picture I saw of the big deer was that the one I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mid- that's why I maybe that's why I was thinking mule deer because I knew it was a mule deer hunt, or at least that was your intent originally. Well,
1: he's got a, he's got a frame like a mule deer.
0: Oh, he's big deer.
1: He's good deer. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we, anyway, we uh, we ended up stalking in on that buck, and um, once we got in close enough, we could tell that the weeds were just too deep. I'm talking right. like. 6 feet deep at least. We weren't going to be able to find him in there. So we just got down. We were using those Ultimate Predator decoys, the stalker decoys from Ultimate Predator gear. Oh. And I had a doe on my bow and my cameraman had a buck on his camera. Put him, you know, 3 yards off my shoulder right here. I just got a grunt call out, start giving that deer some grunts. And man, the more I grunted at him, the more mad he got, and the next thing you know, he's snort wheezing at me, and he starts throwing stuff up in the air, just ripping the heck out all the weeds down in there. And uh, it was really, really cool. I can't wait to see how it looks on Bowhunter TV this next year. But when he finally comes out of there to come find me, whoever's grunting at him, he comes walking out, and it, you're watching him appear through the weeds. You know right. what I mean? Right. So we can see his rack the whole time when he's standing up. But all of a sudden, you can see eyes and then a nose, and then a throat patch, and it's like an apparition right. appearing in front of you with goalposts on his head. Right, right. And uh, anyway, he shakes all the weeds out of his rack. I give him one more grunt, and out he came. I mean, nice. I mean he was looking out there, at, looking up there at uh, a, a buck and a doe is what he thought would we were. Right. Know? Comes walking out of the weeds, and I got, a, got nice. a shot at him.
0: So, yeah, my biggest white tip. I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Well, I think we can wrap up the TV talk. By, I think I'm gonna. this will be a prime opportunity for me to go ahead and take my lumps here. Oh, man. There ain't I no I think lumps. we should go ahead and get this over with. Because I was fortunate enough, thanks to the team over at Bowhunter TV, to go visit our good friend Mr. Doyle Warmington at J&D Outfitters. Yep. We were able to go out to Cross Mountain. Uh, you've probably seen Kurt if you're familiar with Bowhunter TV. You've seen him out there several times it has been uh, maybe two or three years since you've had a chance to go back out there. Yeah, but, I'm there twice. Yeah, yeah. It took both, both it's such it, a great so. place, and I, I tell people like, I don't know that if you go out there, you're, you're not going to kill a world record. But the good thing for somebody like me that comes from West Tennessee, I'm a flatlander. I haven't had that much exposure to elk. Is that you've got so many elk out there, you can have a bad morning, you can bump one, and you probably get on one on the way back. Yeah. To Ranger, I mean, yeah. it, it, there's that many bulls out there for you to work and get that much experience in on one hunt
2: you yeah. can get the full elk experience there oh you know, it's, because it's you great. get the bugling the stalking oh. waterhole hunting whatever yeah it's amazing um, you're, you're not going to break 350 probably but you're right. going to get the whole elk hunting experience yeah, yeah. that's great bugling and
0: so i get out there this year with bow hunter tv i roll out there last year was not successful this year i go out I enjoyed hunting with JD. He was my guide last year. We had good report. We go out this year. Uh, didn't have any luck the first day. We go out the second day. We had an incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I showed up. Yes, right at the, at the end of the incident. Yeah, the, the crazy thing, and, and I won't dwell on the story too long because we're gonna everybody can watch it on TV and see it how it plays out. But we're actually pulling an elk out of a ravine, like from. Derek seven who, yeah. who works with Simpson. you guys. yes, yeah, so They're out there. We're getting his elk out. Like, we're back at the Rangers. Like, we were cranking the Rangers to pull off, and this elk bugle's, like, right over the hill. Yeah. So, it, it was kind of fast and furious. we make our move and everything, and he's coming in at 12 yards. And I'm actually thinking about a shot Kurt made on TV a couple of years ago, front on, because the bull's crashing through the trees, and here he comes, and I'm thinking, I don't want to take the quarter-inch shot. If he can give me the front-on shot, I'm going to take that shot Kurt took. He comes up to a tree. I think he's going to give me broadside at like 10 yards. And when he turns, he comes at the worst angle. And you've seen the footage. I mean, I'm pretty steady. I'm not, I'm not nervous. I mean, I do a attention pretty to a steady draw. Yeah. will so let this noise, yeah, yeah, it's it got a little loud all of a
1: sudden. Goodness this gracious. This is what you get doing the live content <laughs> from the show floor at ATA. <laughs> If this is the worst thing that happens
0: with me and you talking live,
1: it, yes, it, yeah, right? Then it's a, it's a win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so I get set up. The bull has made the moves, and he puts me in the worst spot, the, the spot that I have thought about and had nightmares about. Yeah. Where he's quartering to me, and he's like about 15 yards maybe at that time. You're telling me, because I, I'm willing to admit this, and I admit it on the interviews on the TV show, that I probably could have moved with him yeah, with my bow, and it's not something that I am aware of because I haven't hunted up that much. Sure. Wind's swirling a little bit. It's in the back of my head. I don't want him to blow me. He's in tight, and I take the shot, and I am convinced at that moment that I can squeeze that shot in at an angle behind the shoulder blade and get in on the lungs. Mm. Like, but what I have learned – and. If you haven't had the opportunity to bow hunt elk, you should take this note with you when you go out west. And the note is, there is some really thick, dense muscle mass between the shoulder blades that will slow that arrow up and it won't make it to the vitals. Mm -hmm. And so we looked and we feel like the elk's going to live. It was a disappointing experience for me, but it's one I learned. Uh, And so I will be back at jnd outfitters across well, mountain the only
1: year. grief that i'm going to give you is about how much grief you're giving yourself and uh, you know um i'm if supposed you bow to hunt be. out long enough it's going to happen to you at some point they That's, are they are bionic and uh the, the one thing that i would say about kurt's front on stuff is if you go back and you read anything that
0: he's ever written about it Oh, there's, he, he. There's rules. Oh, very much. so. There are you. cut I, I and dry everything.
1: rules for what you are allowed to do and not allowed to do. I when vividly it comes
0: remembered to, everything he said in that episode right, about man. how cautious you need to be about that shot. Oh, and, yeah.
1: I mean, it's deadly yeah. when pulled off correctly, but there's there's rules to it,
0: and it looks really good when you. Make it. it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome because <laughs> there's you a mean. lot of blood. Involved. But
1: uh, but so just so just so everyone out there knows that I mean there's there's some definite. Yeah, boundaries yeah, 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 to yeah, yeah, when yeah. that shot is taken, but and you've
2: probably
0: written about. Have you written about that? Oh you yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, the basic things are less than twenty yards. Shoot at the base of the dark mane if it's straight on, because you got that hole right here. Yep. You know? And uh, you got to have good momentum, heavy mm-hmm. arrow, and you have to be calm and collected and Almost believe stopped. that you can put that shot on that animal right. there. But you have to get good penetration. But I've killed five bulls with a frontal shot, and all have been down within 50 or 60 yards. I mean, it's just deadly. Yeah. And I see a lot of guys passing it because they've always been told not to do it. Right. If you stick to the parameters, it's very, very lethal.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like we discussed, anything other than that front-on shot, anything broadside or quartering away or whatever – on an elk, man, perhaps more than any other animal, it is important to pop both of those balloons. Right. Oh, yeah. You've got to hit both lungs because if you're, if you're banking on, okay, this thing's slightly quartering to me, but if I put it behind his shoulder over here, I know I'm at least going to get that onside lung and liver. Right. Dude, that's, a, that's not a good shot right. on an elk. They can, can do about, incredible things on that shot.
2: You can just about, say, flat out. If right. you only collapse one lung, you yeah. will not recover that. Right. I have That's, not heard of one being recovered right. with only one lung curve. So, don't be shooting no three hundred eighty-five grain arrow. Right, right. At twenty-seven inches. Yeah. Something like that. I am shooting a five hundred and fifty grain arrow. Ooh, hello. And yeah. uh,
0: one step up is a light pole.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Telephone pole.
1: So
0: you really need that momentum. Yeah. So now, I, I, my one of my concerns actually ties back into Kurt as well. So I don't mean to reopen <laughs> old wounds here, Kurt, but you were on a quest for a moose for how many years? Didn't, didn't Eight. Eight. And, and actually, that's still in the back of my head. I've had two opportunities to kill it. Did elk. he say eight or did he say
1: uh, Ferris was eight when he started? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think oh, I was eight. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's in the back of my head. I'm like, I don't want to get on this this Kurt Wells moose treadmill where I'm eight years yeah. into this trying that's to kill right. an elk with mm-hmm. a bow. I'm like, Man, that's a that'd be heavy burden. <laughs> yeah, That's why I was so has happy has when their, you finally took one down, though.
2: Yeah, everybody has their nemesis animal, you know. Where they I know just what mine is. Get anything to go right, and um, I hunted Manitoba twice, Newfoundland twice, Yukon three times, Alaska once, and uh, finally in the eighth hunt, I yeah. uh, was able to get it done. but You know, that animal meant a lot to me when I finally got him, And uh, I get a lot of comments about that particular show, you know. Yeah. But uh, now I'm off to try to find some other nemesis animal now, I guess.
0: I found mine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what mine is now.
1: Let's hope it doesn't last that long. I was with him on another one that he was struggling with there for a little while Sick of blacktail, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and it was awesome. Uh, deer, like
2: they were kind of tough for me too until I finally got that done. So yeah. So yeah, there's always one that makes it tough. Even these guys that have taken multiple or taken a super slam have yeah. nemesis animals. Or are they five times for a grizzly or something like that. You know, well, so.
0: if, we, if we really want to be technical, the real nemesis in my life has feathers.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. I'm trying Turkey to kill all the turkeys.
0: okay so we've talked enough about hunting i've been asking all of our hosts uh, a couple of questions a little playful here we keep it family friendly here Uh, as i'm coming up with a good question for kurt i think i know what i'm going to go with on danny here okay your three favorite football players of all time Wow! and we're going to take lane out I'm i'm gonna save you that we're gonna call lane number one so you give me two three four
1: Oh, my goodness. John Elway's on the list. Okay. As a matter of fact, yeah. John Elway ran for president. He'd make it. I'm, con- I'm, <laughs> I, I'm convinced.
0: I do tell people this. Uh, as a football fan and somebody from Tennessee, I might get run out of the state if somebody hears this. But if I had to pick one quarterback to win a football game for me all time, I'm probably picking Elway, actually, over Manning, which will get me thrown clean out of my home state oh, when I that get home. Oh, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm done. I'll have to pack when I get home. But man. I would probably take Elway, so yeah. I like that pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really like uh, I really like Elway. Um, gosh, one of them is a long time ago, man. And uh, and some people that I know will kick me for this, but uh, Charlie Waters, he was uh, defensive back. Ca- yeah, yeah, for the, the for the Cowboys. Yeah, way back when, you know. Yeah. Um, he I, was played, I think kid. Cliff
0: Harris was on the secondary with him. I yeah. think it was Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters. Yes. I think that was in that same group. Yeah, he was a beast. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, just
1: always liked him a right. lot. Thought he was a class act. Um, he, man, really spreads out pretty thin after that. There's a lot of guys that I like for their tenacity. There's a lot of guys that I like for their attitudes off the field, their brains. You know, um, I really like Peyton Manning for instance. I mean, man,
0: American right there. University is, of Tennessee. Man, he's just cla- well, I, you know, <laughs> we'll forgive
1: him for some things, but, uh, he, uh, I, I don't know if a smarter player
0: ever lived, you know, I, there, uh, yeah, I think he, he's in that debate for yeah, sure.
1: I, you know, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that that guy was the most f- physically gifted out there. And see, I'm always a yeah. fan of the guy that wasn't physically gifted. That means you, know? you must love me. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm climbing uphill all the oh, time. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Tom Rainey fan. <laughs> they, that,
0: yeah. they, I'm on the list then, right? Yeah, you're okay. on the list. I played high school football at Cal. <laughs> see, we're all okay. Take, was that good enough? That good the, enough. Yeah, okay. No, that's right. that's what we're looking for. We're just looking for a little non-hunting dialogue. Give somebody a there we go. Small window into what you do and don't like. Yeah, I'm trying to think about a good question for Kurt here. I think I got one here. <laughs> Uh-oh, that sounds dangerous. Oh, no, we're going we're gonna to keep it easy, for I think. But no, I'll give you a choice. I'll let you pick your category. We can do food. Oh, tel-
1: God, that is the most boring category on <laughs> earth Kurt.
0: That's good. Ki- oh, what is it, like french fries?
1: Oh, let's like, <laughs> just, man, no <laughs> adventure. No adventure at all. So, all right, we'll, <laughs> t-
0: we'll take food off the table then. We'll go. You have TV, music, or sports?
2: Mm, let's go with sports. Sports.
0: <laughs> Your three favorite teams—they don't have to be out of one particular football, basketball, anything—and they can be collegiate because I know some people, uh, especially in the South, obviously they have a favorite team, and it could be collegiate.
2: Well, I'm kind of a homer, so uh, Minnesota Vikings. And, oh, okay. Uh, that's why I got all these scars. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you're a glutton. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan through and through, and uh, but now they're out of the playoffs. Well, I'm kind of rooting for Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. You know, I do like watching that guy. Yeah. Uh, his boys uh, being a rookie, well, you know, yeah. it's amazing. And, um, boy, I don't know.
0: Boy, if you're still a Vikings fan, because you were still uh, a kid when Fran Targeting was going to the Super Bowl yeah. and oh, losing yeah. all the time. So, if you're still a were – you, were you a – true blue viking fan in those days when they went to yeah. the super bowl and yeah. purple, Page, people, yeah, purple people eaters and john
2: ramble he was my favorite of all time he oh yeah un- undrafted didn't, they, didn't he make it to hall of fame yeah. i think he's in yeah yeah he was a maniac but uh yeah so i'm trying to love the timberwolves they're making it difficult on me but right, uh, right. uh I'm, I'm trying to stick with them i used to be a huge baseball fan and yeah. when kirby puckett announced that he had to quit playing because of glaucoma that was one day i was extremely upset because i like kirby puckett so much i did
0: like him i uh i still think at least in my lifetime that was probably the greatest world series ever played that game seven with them and the braves Mm -hmm. Mm here yeah Mm -hmm. kirby hits the home run to win it was the bottom of the 10th yeah i know it was extra innings i'm trying to recall it might have been in the 11th or 12th somewhere there
2: yeah yeah yeah, so, but mostly I'm a football NFL fan. You know, we, yeah. we got the Gophers for college basket or college football, and that's right. a waste. So, <laughs> especially when you uh, see how big of a deal it is in the southeast part of the yeah. country, you know I mean, college football. Right, right. You know, and the, the Clemson-Alabama game was a good time. I really enjoyed that game. That yeah. Trevor Lawrence is unbelievable that guy's football amazing. player.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And he's a true freshman. A true I'm, freshman, yeah. if I'm remembering that correctly. You so. think
1: about that for a second. You watch him in that game. Yeah. And less than six months ago, he was at a
0: senior prom. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you six even six imagine? And
2: a rocket for an arm. Man.
0: Oh. He's got the head too. I mean, yeah. he seems to like know what's going on. You got a feel for the game. That kid's going to be good. He's
1: kind of rocking the half mullet kind of in the helmet. Hey, I'm like on mullet. team mullet. I'm hey, all over me that. Me too, man. Me too. I was Bring there. Bring
0: back the mullet.
1: Mine was beautiful. Hey business in front <laughs> party, in, party the in the back
2: <laughs> my other favorite team sports are bass fishing <laughs> musky fishing ice fishing with my sons and grandsons there you go nice so,
0: I do like that let me see I guess that's going to do it here we won't drag it out anymore I wanted to give everybody a chance to get a little playful question in there a little window into your Okay. do we get an interest? opportunity
1: what? to ask you a question right? <laughs>
0: sure go ahead
1: Okay, which turkey is smarter? The Eastern, the Rio, Miriam's, or should we say, well, we won't throw Goulds into the mix, but the Osceola. Which one one do you think is the smartest turkey, or do you believe that there is no such thing as a smart turkey? There's only scared turkeys or terrified turkeys? (laughs)
0: You get the long-winded answer, but it's not too terribly long. Okay. <laughs> I'm not convinced any of them are smart. Right, I am convinced that they have, they're the most skittish animals that I hunt. Their survival skills, I mean, they go from zero to panic and gone quicker than anything that I've ever hunted. And we all know it's an obsession of mine. But if I had to pick one that I felt was the most difficult, like day in and day out, I'm going to say the eastern. Because they're crazy. They're, yeah. they're on top of being like stupid, they're crazy. <laughs> you don't have any idea what they're going to do. It's like Star Trek. He'll be in front of you, goblin, and do the teletransport, and he's behind <laughs> you 30 feet. And you're like, How did you get back there? Oh, yeah. I will say, I think Miriam's are underrated, but a lot of that, at least in my experience with Miriam's, every Miriam that I've hunted has been in Creek Western bottoms. terrain. In the creek bottoms yeah. and so the terrain plays this awkward factor on it's those
1: different deal when you hunt a miriams in the mountains
0: yeah, yeah. and so uh, i i do like that challenge with the miriam when you've got to deal with the geography and, and sure that, that makes it a little more difficult but if well, i had to say one you now there were, there's a challenge with the osceolas because they will not uh, they'll, they'll go silent more quickly than the others <laughs> mm-hmm. like the easterns will go silent but Man, you catch Osceola's wrong, and you'll hear him maybe once in the tree, and he won't gobble the rest of the day. That's it, done. And so that makes it hard. You're you're almost deer hunting at that point. You know, mm. just trying to find food sources and water sources, and yeah. So that can make it a challenge. What
2: I hate about turkeys is I despise getting outsmarted by something with a grain <laughs> the size of a grape. <laughs>
0: That's why I keep trying to tell myself they're stupid. Yeah. They just really are, even though they make me look like yeah. a fool more often than not. Well, they uh, don't
2: even know where they're going. How are we supposed to figure <laughs>
0: that's out? That's a fact right there. Yeah. That's, the, that's the best statement I think I've ever heard about turkeys. Well, there's They there's, don't even know where they're going. How am I supposed to know where they're going?
1: There's a lot of, as you know, because you're turkey obsessed, there's yes. a lot of people that just don't understand the appeal.
0: You know? I, know, and I understand.
1: And, and, you know, to me, I just think that anything that tells you, here I come, here I come, here I come, before you see it. Whether yes. it's elk, turkeys, anything that vocalizes and, and interacts with you like that, man, they're capable of, of spinning you
0: up. Oh, I tell people routinely that it is the most like chess Yeah, hunting that I do. Sure. It is the most like chess because he tells you, he gobbles, yeah. you hear him coming. Yeah. He's over here behind you. And then it's like, do I actually turn or do <laughs> I give him time to walk around me? I mean, yeah. there's moments where... You've got to make that decision, and sometimes you can turn and be behind a tree or give you an opportunity to make a move, or sometimes you turn and he flies off. Yeah. Sometimes you hang in there and you don't turn, and he walks completely around you, and he's right there, and he's at 12 yards, and you have a successful hunt. Yeah. But we all know my obsession with oh man. Yeah, why turkeys. do you
2: hate them so much? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a real story for that. I actually
0: have a real story, and I'll abbreviate it a little bit. But when I was 10, that was the first time my dad took me turkey hunting. And the bird is gobbling. My dad's like, sit down. We sit down, and the bird pops its head up over a ridge. Now, anybody that's been turkey hunting knows that happens pretty quickly. You know, he's going to check. He doesn't like what he sees. He's gone. The problem that I experienced was when you're 10, and I try to talk to people about this, if you're going to take a young kid, you're kind of rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. Because if he has the same experience I did, it, he's like, I can never, I mean, you genuinely in your head, that bird popped it up, is gone. To a 10-year-old, I thought it was one millionth of a second. Yeah. I thought. And I genuinely walked away thinking, I, I'm not capable of killing one of these. Yeah. Even though everything worked out like my dad wanted to, I'm sitting there. But for a 10-year-old, man, that was fast. Yeah. I could kill that bird now yeah. four out of five times, maybe, but and so the experience so I laughed because I cried. I was like, Oh, I didn't do it, I did it wrong. So now as an adult I'm like, I'm taking vengeance out because the ten year old me <laughs> the ten year old me went home with his tail between his legs, shedding tears, and now I'm spiteful. And now all turkeys must pay the consequences. Now yep.
2: you're Darth Turkey. Yes, Darth yes, Turkey. yes. <laughs> they must die.
0: Another announcement, ladies. and <laughs> <laughs> They haven't talked this much all week. Like got all their words combined uh, no. this week, they haven't been. They, they Waited for me and to us, to right? get here. three o'clock will
1: be a coffee talk using electronic
0: mapping. How's our producer doing math math over here, Shondi? Are you? You're on. You're on point here. Has Derek provided you guidance on how to how to end this? Well, yeah. shawnee's keeping us between the dishes here ladies and gentlemen yeah. you're going to actually hear shawnee and i in a later podcast while we're still here at ata and we might actually do one while we're shot too so they can be preparing themselves for that but right now we're ahead and wrap this up i want to thank you guys for stopping by i appreciate bowhunter tv and all they do for us i appreciate the outdoor sportsman's group so thank you so much danny thank you so much kurt once again this is tom rainey Signing off from ATA 2019 here in Louisville, Kentucky. Browning Trail Cameras take over the Break TV Podcast.
1: This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to the
2: Break Podcast.